You seek the key, but first you must learn the ways of precision, craft and performance with Acura's all-electric ZDX. With a premium Bang & Olufsen sound system, up to a 313-mile range, and A-Type S variant with an estimated 500 horsepower, their ZDX is the most powerful SUV yet. Unlock the energy when you visit Acura.com to order yours today. Want to earn extra cash for the holidays? Amazon Flex is expanding in the San Francisco Bay Area. Opportunities in Richmond, Oakland, and Daly City. Earn around $20 to $27 an hour delivering packages with Amazon. All you need is a car, a smartphone, and some free time. This is a great opportunity to be your own boss, deliver when you want, and make extra money. With Amazon Flex, you'll have flexible hours and great earnings. To get started, download the app at flex.amazon.com. That's F-L-E-X amazon.com. You must be at least 21 years old. Limited opportunities available. Get started at flex.amazon.com. Hi, I'm Robbie Earl, and welcome to the Two Robbies podcast. When we take a look back at one of the most action-packed weekends so far this season, my old mucker Robbie Musto joins me. So, Musto, let's start the show with Manchester United drawing at home again, and Jose getting sent to the stand. What did you make of the game, and what did you make of the manager's behaviour? Well, I think the last four home Premier League games now, four draws against West Ham United, Arsenal, Burnley and Stoke. So we're starting to see a pattern here. You can start to, you know, assume that it's not all about luck when they're not winning some of these games. Yes, there are periods in the game, Robbie, that that United played really well. I thought the first half in general was good. Bright United play, uh, high intensity, the fans are into the match, mm. created lots of opportunities, but only, of course, got one goal. And just, just rewinding back to the start of the game, again, it's a different kind of lineup, Rob. And, and we've seen Mourinho before. Mm. Once he settles on a, on, a, on a really strong team, he sticks with it. He's nowhere near doing that. This game we saw, I expected with that lineup to see Matter yeah. playing in the hole. Uh, Lingard playing to the right-hand side, but Lingard mm. was in behind Ibrahimovic. Pogba was alongside Herrera, allowed to get forward. So, you know, but, but saying that, to be fair, the, the team played really well and, yeah. and was strong in the first half. But it's, it's happening mm. times now. They're not, they're not kind of finding ways to win. And the manager, it's just like I, I looked at my son and said, you know, there you go. He's off. He's off. You know, obviously, he says and does things on the sideline that oversteps the mark. Because we see every single week, every match day, Rob, we see managers mm. remonstrating and, and complaining, but there's never or very rarely managers getting sent to the stand. It's, a, it's happened again for Mino this time. He obviously he goes over the top. We saw him kick the bottle, but other things were probably said as well. And um, as you said on our TV broadcast, it doesn't help the team. So. Mm. It, it does not look, Robbio, like a Jose Mourinho team, does it? No, it just no. doesn't look like a Mourinho team, whether mm. it's strong at the back, whether it's playing a bit more on the counter-attack, which is always his kind of trait. That's not happening now, which I guess probably shouldn't happen at Manchester United. Mm. And when they do get leads, um, then shutting up shop. It's just, I know it was a little bit different in this game because they went behind, but it's still a struggle for Mourinho, even mm. though in, in part they play some good stuff. Yeah, I mean, listen, they, they, in terms of possession, in terms of shots, and, and in terms of, of areas of the pitch that they get on, I think in, in, some, in most of the draws they, they've probably been superior, but there is an art, there is, there is a skill to putting the ball in the back of that. It's about scoring the goals. That, that, that's one thing, Rob. But I want to touch more on sort of the Mourinho and what we've seen in the past in comparison to what we've seen. I mean... <clears throat> 
the teams of the past that have won things for Jose Mourinho, and Jose Mourinho's manners, always I thought a very cool, calculated thinker. He gets his team set up. He has a system that, that works. You can almost pick the team week in, week out, in terms obviously form and, and fitness as it has a bearing. But generally, eight, nine of the team, you would generally know of his, of his uh, Chelsea teams that, that have won on both occasions that he, he was at that football club. He can talk about his inter-team that, that was successful, his Porto team at the very beginning. He seems to have gone away from that, Rob. It's like, I just kind of find, I, I use the word like there's a fragile confidence about United where I don't think anybody's quite sure where they are. I mean, Mkhitaryan was man of the match in Europe last last week. And then all of a sudden, like, not not playing today. Uh, um, you know, Wayne Rooney start, played well in midweek. He doesn't start today. He say, changes up the system a little bit. It just feels a bit odd to me. It doesn't feel like Jose Mourinho has done in the past. Now, is, is that the, 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 value, the quality of the player? Is it the, the size of Manchester United? Is it affecting him more, maybe more than we thought? He, he doesn't look as, as calm as calculated. And, Rob, he doesn't look as happy to me as I've seen him in the past. I'll tell, I'll tell you what it is. I think, you know, when, when it looks like, and it, and it can't be, but it looks like he's throwing teams together mm. in the hope that something's going to yeah, really stick, look yeah. good and gel yeah. together, more than a calculated plan mm. of this is how we're going to attack, guys. This is, this is mm. kind of our phase one of our build-up play. And this is what we're going to try and do. We're going to try and get around the outsides of the fullbacks. We're going to, or we're going to overload in midfield, or we're going to mm. play one player in behind a striker. Or they, they, where I don't see a strong, common-themed uh, uh, attacking philosophy to yeah. the point where the last 10 minutes they're at home against West Ham United they're bashing balls into the <laughs> box Rob for, mm. for Ibrahimovic uh, Pogba and of course Marin Fellaini who comes into the game now is that that's not the Manchester United mm. way and when you look back you talk about uh, previous Mourinho teams Apart from uh, Real Madrid, and that was a special case because they are so many talented players in a league that they dominate, most, well, all the other situations really, it's about kind of reactive football. So he hasn't coached, he hasn't been a, a Guardiola where he's coached patterns of play or, or styles of football and philosophies like Wenger at Arsenal with a total football, with, with Pep, of course, at, at the clubs that he's been at. So we haven't seen that, that effective and proven proactive mm. football coaching. And I'll, well, I'll ask you, are we seeing now deficiencies in his abilities as a coach to, to coach teams and produce teams that play really good attacking football and create and score a lot of goals? Or is it continued bad luck that they're finishing? I don't think quite think we can say bad luck. Listen, if you, at the end of the day, you've got to find strikers or, or the right place to put the ball in the back of the net. But Manchester United have, have had those players, Rob. You looked at the squad at the start of the season and you know, yeah. we were saying that you know, th th there's enough in this group with what he's bought and, yeah, he might have a touch of something in the window. Th th this you know, people are suggesting, and you were one of them, that they could win yep. the title. Yeah, yep. it, 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 does, it seems far from that, Rob. And, and one of the things that, that I, I, I just want to touch on, I know we, we, we maybe went there a few weeks ago, but just in terms of his management style, I think when you've had teams in the past and you've talked about some of the, the great teams he's had and constructed and built and the way they've played he also had a spirit about that group that had a will yeah. to win that wouldn't be beaten he, he had a siege mentality it was like he locked the door and that, that he had players who would run through three brick walls for him and, and not ask questions I just don't get the sense that this group of players are the same 
I think he's lost a little bit of that. And I said to, to Rebecca when she spoke to me today about a couple of things, I said, well, you look at Antonio Conte on the side of the pitch and he's, he's involved with his team. He's part of, of the event. I look, I look at um, Klopp. We talked about it on, on the Two Robbies radio show last night about, you know, how he was involved, how he, he, he put a positive sense on at Anfield and they end up winning the game when they were drawing nil-nil with Sunderland. At the moment, I'm not getting the positive vibe from Jose Mourinho, and I think that manifests itself a little bit on the pitch. I think it manifests itself with individual players, and I think it manifests with the whole awe of what's going on at, at, at the football club. You know, this guy was a special one, and I said this is a perfect fit for him. It's the right time for Jose Mourinho and Manchester United. But it's almost turning into what we saw at Chelsea last season, Rob, where all of a sudden you're looking and, and going, really? Is this Jose? Is this a guy we, we held in such high regard? Now, you don't lose it overnight, but something just doesn't quite feel right to me. It's just on, on the same line. I'm just looking now at the squad, OK? And, and when you talk about players that used to want to run through brick wards, mm. I totally agree. I mean, he was one of the... Remember him at Chelsea, Rob, cool. coming off and, and grabbing hold of yeah, Lampard. Yeah, Terry and, and Lampard and Drogba and McAuley yeah, and all it, of them. He was like mates who were kind of like, yeah. they were in it together, like almost in the trenches together. Mm. Now, I, I'm looking at a few of these squad players, okay, and some of these are playing and some aren't, but how many of, of these guys are going to mm. really want to play for this guy? Look, just looking at midfield, and at the top of the list here is Juan Mata. Now, Juan Mata, to be fair, he does, he does play for his managers, mm. and he's done brilliantly well for United again, but does he really, if the going gets really tough, is Mata going to give you what he wants? I'm looking at uh, Mkhitaryan. Obviously, you know, there's been a problem there. Mm. Daily Blin. Well, no, probably four out because Fellaini's not been in the side. Bashing Schweinsteiger's mm. on this list that isn't going to run through a brick wall. Anthony Martial, Memphis Depay, Wayne Rooney's been a little bit in and out. So you're starting to go through the squad, Rob, and mm. I've not even touched Luke Shaw yeah. as a defending player and Smalling that he's thrown under the bus. So you're kind of, I get it, I get your point. Um, the only thing I would say is when, when you want to watch them today in the first half, I'm thinking, this is good. This mm. is kind of strong play, and it doesn't look like there's any after effects of any kind of bad feeling or yeah. any poor team spirit. But I think, you know, the bigger picture, and when he really needs these players, that will be the risk. Are they with him mm. or, or are they without him? And I think that's going to be the interesting thing, and, and, and we'll have to see how that pans out. Yeah, well, it's um, going to be fascinating to, to see how things go with Jose, and we'll have to see whether he gets a ban after he, he's touched, been sent to the touchline today, or that's the only punishment he gets from, from the FA. Let's uh, move it forward, Rob, to another team who were looking to, for maximum points today, Arsenal. Got a 3-1 win against Bournemouth in the end at the Emirates. Two goals from Alexis and one from Theo Walcott. It, it wasn't wasn't easy. A bit of a struggle at times, but they got the job done. And you know, I've been saying to you uh, over the last few weeks that listen, we, we talk about teams who win when they don't play well, and Manchester United have done it in the past, and Chelsea's have done it in the past, and maybe that's what Arsenal need to do. <laughs> any any worries that they're not quite hitting the form, maybe of some of the other teams, but. They're, they're, they're getting the results, or, or, or are you sort of coming on side with, you know what, they're getting the job done and they're, they're still keep moving on. That's 19 games unbeaten now. The only game they've lost in the Premier League this season was that first day against Liverpool. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're, they're certainly getting it done. I mean, that's a great run of results. Mm. And in a game, we just talked about Man United failing to score against West Ham to get that winning goal. They had plenty of time to do it. Arsenal are getting the goals. It's funny because I looked at the start of this game and, and I thought, wow, that's better, Arsenal. Mm. 
fast tempo, a little bit of urgency in their football, yeah. uh, and a real good start to the game. That I often look at Arsenal, and in the first 45 minutes, they kind of waste time by just playing nicely and not really going for the game. I thought they went for the game really yeah. well. And then you have like a, a wave of... <laughs> it's funny, Rob, because I was trying to think of words or terms to describe Arsenal, and it's like they have a wave of greatness with tempo and brilliance mm. from, from Ozil and Sanchez and everybody else, and then they have a wave of, of shakiness. Yeah. It's a real yeah. wave. It's like, it's like Bournemouth. Mm. I mean, you, you give them opportunities to play, they'll and play, they'll yeah. play. So yeah, you have this kind decent. of... This Topsy-turvy situation, and I think Arsenal, again, in, in summarising this kind of thing, is like they always give their opponents, they always give them a chance because mm. they let them play. There's no organised pressing or compactness. They are, I don't want to say easy to play against, but if you pass the ball well, you're going to get some opportunities against them. And, and Bournemouth, you know, I, I know they got, they, they got taken out of the game as, as Walcott scored and yeah. uh, it became, you know, Alexis scored mm. again. But there were opportunities in yeah. the game where you didn't really know which way this game was going to go. That being said, of course, I'd give them credit. I think uh, I thought Granit Xhaka, by the way, is good. Played well, didn't it? Yeah, yeah. In that midfield area. He should play a lot more, Rob, do you think? Yeah, for sure. I, you just wonder what Arsene Wenger sort of hasn't seen him. I haven't spent $45 million on him, got him into the football club. Why he's not? He's left-sided, he looks balanced, he's got good technique, he reads a play well. I thought he did quite a good job in there today and will get better and more confidence he gets. So, I mean, th th there's still questions about this group. I think the good thing from Arsenal's point of view is, and you sort of touched on it, that there's, there's plenty of room for improvement, but they're still sitting, you know, sort of t top near top of the, t of the table. Only was it three points behind Chelsea now, so... It's still very tight. They're still very much part of, of, of the title conversation. And they can get so much better. I mean, whether Giroud starts or not, Alexis, whether he's playing central or in a wide position, just continue to give you everything. You'd like to see a bit more from Mesut Ozil. Yeah, thought, quiet again, wasn't it? Yeah, quiet, just you know? don't know if he's one of them, Rob. Maybe do you need to give him a little rest one or two games, let him go away, go and get a bit of sun or something, come back refreshed, and then we go again with him. But not getting the best out of him, and I just wonder at times, whether, you know, you don't drop players like that, but certainly you maybe sort of rest them and say, OK, we can do without you this week and next week. Go and have some sun and come back in and, and, and be refreshed. But, um, no, still very much for them. Just want to get your, your, your opinion, because Carl uh, and I are on, you know, there's a lot of debate on whether, A, this all was a, a penalty, Monreal and, and Wilson colliding, and then whether it was a handball when the ball hit Monreal in, in the penalty box. Uh, so I thought the hand, I didn't see a handball. I, I think that's you know his arm mm. was. I just think it's got to be intentional. Yeah, and, and I didn't too close, see that. wasn't it? Uh, yeah. And the and the penalty. Remind me on the penalty. Well, Monreal's running back towards his own goal. Wilson comes together. These are coming together of them, and, and Wilson sort of leans in and then goes to ground. Monreal collects him, and then the referee gives him the, the the penalty to to Bournemouth. Yeah, it wasn't a penalty for me. I shouted out in the, yeah. uh, uh, when I watched it. Uh, mm. There was another one that was similar, I think, in a, in a game yesterday. Yeah. I got confused there. But, no, I, I didn't think it was. I think they got a little mm. bit of, got away with that. Of course, the terrible error from Steve Cook put them on the back foot. Um, mm. But, no, I didn't think it was, a, it was a penalty at all. I thought it was two players coming together mm. shoulder to shoulder, and it shouldn't have been given. It, it looked, Rob, uh, just moving to, to Bournemouth, like two well-coached teams to a certain degree. We know Arsenal can play a little bit more fluent, but at times when they, when they click into gear, that, that it, it's, it's exciting. It's slick, it's good, fluid football. Bournemouth themselves can play, can get on the front foot, can create chances. Is a part of Eddie Howe's sort of 
tactical awareness, experience, maturity, also knowing how to shut games down at times. Does he, does he need that? Were they maybe a little bit too open? Were they sort? Of, did it became a little bit end to end? Yeah, I think I think you can um, I think you can say that of, of the of the Bournemouth team and the very mm. how. Um, and I saw a quote from him afterwards, Rob saying that Bournemouth will always attack, and mm. I think that's admirable. I think they're yeah. games that, that having that philosophy and sticking to that philosophy, they're going to win some games, they're going to lose some. Yeah. You, know, you know, I think that's that's what 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 they do. I tell you what, I did kind of. Um, uh, it made me scratch my head a little bit, Rob. As I heard it a couple of times, I think I heard it in commentary, and I think even Rebecca asked a question to, to yourself or Kyle today, saying that a Bournemouth kind of a mini Arsenal. Yeah, I, yeah. I, 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 don't, I don't think we're anywhere near being able to compare mm. Bournemouth and Eddie Howe with Arsenal mm. Football Club. I'm sorry. And yes, they, they like to play expansive football, but that's, they're, they're not the first and the last team that, that aren't one of the big boys that try and do that. I don't think, I mean, they're, they're trying to link it together like that, that these two managers love each other and they talk about each other and they might they may do but don't start telling me that Eddie Howe and this Bournemouth team are like a mini Arsenal and have that sort of creativity and that kind of uh, that tradition of playing football I love and I, I couldn't respect more what Eddie Howe is doing he's going to be an England manager one day and I can't wait to see that day and, and, he, and he absolutely will go on to coach I think a, a top four or five club now I just I just I don't know I just, I was just maybe I was grumpy today mate but I just thought <laughs> come on really? it's a holiday really? season let's get Roman we can link anybody <laughs> with anybody. In Arsenal, Bournemouth, come on. <laughs> well, come on, I'm going to get you back to some nostalgia. There was Ronald Koeman returning back to mm. St Mary's in, in Southampton. And um, I, I was kept my eye on this game, Rob, because I just wanted to be to see, one, how, how Everton went back and what Al Koeman did. And certainly Southampton had a poor result in, in the Europa League. And I've got to tell you, Rob, from the first whistle, the Southampton players were wound up. They went for it. They scored early. You had the young kid, Josh Sims, making his debut, 19 years of age. Had a big hand in the game and, and was, was excellent throughout. And I have to say, Rob, that Everton were by far second best. And he's got a few problems here, Ronald Koeman. You know, I think at the start of the season, we, we all talked highly of him in terms of what they've done and where they're looking to get. Yet today, they were, they were, they were pale. They were insipid. They were passive. The big players don't look like they're particularly motivated, want to get on the ball. He looked really despondent and disappointed at, at times during the game and certainly after the game because he, his team didn't really turn up again, Rob. I'll tell you what, it's, it's interesting, isn't it? And this league and, and different scenarios mm. never cease to kind of amaze you or surprise you because, you know, that appointment, I thought at the time for Everton looking for a new manager, was perfect. Yeah. Ronald yeah. Koeman, really, yeah. really good. And inject new life into this team with some of these young players that obviously have got talent but need a new direction yeah. after Roberto Martinez. So I, I, I'm both surprised and... and, and in some ways, disappointed in the squad. Mm. Is, the, is the squad... I mean, I look at the back four, Coleman, Jagielka, Williams and Baines. Yeah. I mean, on paper, with mm. a good goalkeeper, Martin Stecklenburg, that's a good back four. Now, I don't think the midfield two of, of Garner and, and Gareth Barry are anything particularly special. Yeah. But then they have got attacking players, whether it's Morales didn't play today, Dario Lefeu was on the bench as well, Balassi, Lennon, Barkley, Lukaku... I, I don't get it, and there's some things that, that, that I, I have a strong opinion about and I mm. think I've got a good sense of, but I'm struggling with Everton. I'm struggling with them because we saw them start really well. Yeah. People were talking about a top six finish, mm. top four maybe could threaten it, and now I think seventh and having a real bad, of, a bad run of results. I mean, we agree that this guy is a really good manager. Yeah. So what do you think's going wrong? 
Um, at the moment, he's got some players who, unless they're at it, unless they they are committed to, to the cause and the football club, there might be some hard decisions I have to make. And, I, and I'm including Lukaku in there, who's an outstanding young centre-forward. But if he's not playing for you, Rob, each, each week, I'm talking about Ross Barkley. Um, I'm talking about people like... Lennon, Morales, if he's in the team. They've got too many of those players who I don't know what I'm going to get. And Ronald Koeman's an outstanding coach. And if he gets the right kind of players he had at Southampton, he's shown what he can do. So I hope he doesn't compromise himself with some of these players and get a little bit too cosy to them. He may have to make some hard decisions down the road. And one of those hard decisions, and I was watching him today, and I almost felt for him, Rob, because I think we've all been to, to that stage where Phil Jagielka is getting a little bit, what should I say, scruffy with his play. He's a, he's a yard behind where he needs to be. He's, he's ca- sure. making a lot of mistakes. He's not looking sharp. And I just wonder how long he can be playing first-team football in a team like Everton if they want to be ambitious. But I also just want to throw this forward, Rob, in terms of, of you know, we're looking at two football clubs now, and Ronald Koeman left Southampton to go to Everton because I think he thought that Everton's a bigger club, which we'd probably all agree he's got maybe bigger potential. But right now, which club's got the b- brighter future? Yeah, it's a great question. <laughs> it's, it's, I was going to go there as well, Rob, because I think it's a great, it's, you know, with him making the mm. change, did he make a mistake? He's gone to a, to Everton. It's kind of, it just feels like a, a bigger football mm. club. But I think it, it's interesting. I, I, to answer your question, I still think Everton, in yeah. terms of this Premier League and where they can go in it, have got a brighter future. But the, but. But that's kind of reluctantly said that because I absolutely love what Southampton are doing with the structure of the football club, the, the, the kind of the planning for the mm. future with players. I read a brilliant article in one of the, the UK newspapers about what's happening there with Les Reed, the director of football. Yeah. They've got a player in every position that's on their database, their mm. this black box room or whatever they yeah. use to replace the current guy. Same with the coach. They're doing research and recruitment and scouting all the time. I just think it's phenomenal. So in that regard, Southampton football club have absolutely got a bright future but I still think with this club mm. with that fan base the kind of with that with that stadium playing there many times it's yeah. one of my really, I yeah. don't know I really enjoy playing there and of course the, the new owner that's got money to put into the club mm. it has to be Everton and and, 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 and you know they are higher in the table right now this is a bad run for Everton but they will get better do you disagree with that? No, I think because of the money, because of the size of the club, because of the history and tradition and, and what it's done, I could see why Ronald Koeman goes. But I, I, I was looking at Southampton and saying today, you know, that they're, they're, they're a model of what teams should want to yeah. do, should want to be. Yeah. The kid Josh Sims comes in, 19 yeah. years of age, plays 80-odd minutes today, Rob. is excellent tactically. His, his enthusiasm, his positioning, his delivery, his, his decision-making. And then I looked down the list, I thought, let me look at the squad of young players. Matt yeah. Target, James Ward-Prowse, Harrison Reed, yeah, Sam McQueen, all played first-team football, Rob. None of them ever go in and disgrace themselves, always hold their own. And, and, and there's just this conveyor belt that, you know, they sell the next star, and Virgil van Dijk's looking like, you know, he's, his star's rising. He might be the next one. But they don't panic. They'll find another one somewhere, and they'll build yep. another one through the academy. And in some respects, if I, if I was taking a job, if I was ever offered the, the, the golden opportunity of a job, I'd love to go and work like somewhere like Southampton. Yeah, and or if I if I ever got a situation where I'm involved in some kind of ownership mm. or advising on ownership in the Premier League, I'd go and get Les Reed. Yeah, and, and, yeah. And, you know, maybe go do what you. Couple- 
Yeah, because yeah, he, he he's experienced. He's he's done it. You know, mm. he's, he's he's made sure that that academy yeah. is is the absolute kind of central hub of that football club, and everything springs off the back of that. Plus, his good recruitment. So I think he's done an incredible job. He really has. And um, if I was at any other club, I'd be like, let's see if we can go and get Les Reed to do that to our club, because there's many many down the country that mm. love to be well as structured and organised as Southampton Football Club. Yeah, let's move it to Vicarage Road, and this is Club Watford that we, we are uh, promoting is behind the badge. It's a series that's running on, on NBC uh, Sen, and you can catch that every week. And we, we're getting behind-the-scenes looks at Watford, and I'm not sure what we're going to get behind the scenes after this result against Stoke, because Watford were a little bit disappointing in this one, Rob, and Charlie Adam heads the ball towards the goal. It ends up going an own goal off Gomez, but... Disappointing for a Watford team who, who were on a decent run, won last week at, at Leicester, and then at home just failed to really get going, I thought, today. Yeah, I, I think so. I mean, it's, it's really unusual that a player comes on and, in an interview and says, actually, I did push him, but mm-hmm. you take it. Because yeah. he's right, they're not yeah. going to change the result. It, 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 it counts, and they get a great three points. Mm. I'm not worried about Watford. Watford no. are eighth place no, in the league fine. right now. They're on 18 points. They're doing fantastic. And I did catch the, the first behind-the-scenes look, Rob, today. And, oh, okay. uh, brilliant, brilliant. You're, you're right in the dressing room, erecting from results. There's plenty of banter going on at the training ground and giving each other a bit mm. of stick for their gear up in the, up in the <laughs> canteen, which is, which is funny. Troy Deeney wants to be the star of it all, it looks to me, and uh, this is great. And to get that access is fantastic. But I think, I just think Watford is just really interesting. And on the back of the behind-the-scenes thing, you, you, you do get a sense, Rob, and we know it because we've mm. been there, we've played yeah. against them a lot. It's not, it's not a, a kind of big uh, no, glamour. football club, you no. know what I mean? It's, it's no, kind it's of small facilities, club, yeah. and they, they're doing the best that they can. But mm. it's marvellous what they're doing with, with Gino Pozzo, the owner of this club, and the way they're developing, signing players, rotating players around. Around, and they're going to be absolutely fine. Yeah, and it was a bit more like it for, for Stoke West, uh, for, for yeah. more cues in, in Stoke City. Got back to, I thought, basics, did the hard work, had a little bit of a luck maybe with, with, with the goal, but we'll take the three points and move on. So, Rob, let's preview the, the big game next weekend. Manchester City v Chelsea, the top two people are talking, the two teams who really should be um, fighting this one, this one out. I mean... <laughs> So much to talk about. Who do you think starts favourite at, at this point? Um, I, I think Man City uh, are just favourites. And I think when I, when I say that is because I, I look at the potential game here and mm. the matchup and the systems and the tactics and the managers and the players. Yeah. And given it all thrown into the mix, I think Man City um, come out at, at, at top. And I'll, I'll just briefly kind of give what, you know, what I think we could see in the game. And I think when you think of Man City, Rob, and we mm. saw it a little bit with Chelsea, just got a little bit outnumbered um, yeah. by Spurs in that midfield yeah. area. I think Man City's strength in this game is going to be the midfield area. Yeah. Matic and Kante are going to have a problem mm. with, you know, Silva, De Bruyne, Yaya, whoever's playing in those kind of in-between positions, I guarantee it yeah. that Matic and Kante are going to have a problem. Now, that what, what City's problem is going to be is that Chelsea, they might get the advantage in midfield, but with Chelsea's back four and other players coming into wide areas to, to, to shut down those flanks, yeah. it still will be hard to get through. And then what Chelsea offer, of course, is the, is the fantastic counter-attacking yeah. pace and the abilities of, of Azard, Costa, Pedro, slash Willian. So mm. I've just described the City's advantage with the midfield players. Chelsea, I think, given their counter-attacking ability, have, have an advantage there. So mm. you've got to kind of, um, kind of sum up who's going who's gonna to take advantage of their advantages more. 
And I just think City, with those playing at home, with Silva de Bruyne and Yaya getting a little bit more joy, I think it's more likely that they're going to use that better mm. than Chelsea are going to use their excellent counter-attacking. So I give City a narrow win. Yes, it's interesting because Carl, I was talking to Carl about it and he was saying, I bet you Pep's sort of rubbing his hands, can't wait for this week, working out a system and how to play. And I think all the thought is that... Um, perhaps this sort of great thinker uh, will have a tactic, will, will play away. He may even play his three at the back, but his three at the back are more about possession and going forward, not maybe as defensive as Antonio Conte. But I think we're also doing a, a slight disservice to Conte. He'll also know what, Chel- what Ma- Manchester City's strengths are, and he might look at his Chelsea team and he might tweak it a little bit, Rob. You think he'll change it? I don't think he'll change it. I'm not system. sure he'll change it, because why would you? Seven wins and yeah. going. But I, I just think roles might change, the positional play might change a little bit, just mm. in terms of, you know, he isn't going to get outnumbered. He, he knows the quality of Manchester City. He isn't going to get outnumbered in that team. This is a guy who's won championships in Italy and probably had to grind a few out and maybe... Tweak things but, a little but he bit. say he's not going to get outnumbered, Rob. I tell you what, it, we we know what City are going yeah, to do. We know yeah. uh, he's got. Uh, how is he going to change it then? How is he not going to well, get outnumbered in that midfield area? I think. Well, I say whether he. he, he, he I don't know. Let's say a William could, could come back into, into into the mix if he felt he, he wants to get another body back in midfield. He could play slightly different under Costa, maybe Hazard under Costa with it with a slightly different shape. I'm, I just yeah. think that, that it, it, it might not be as simple as him, him saying, um, you know, that, that it's all about Pep's forward thinking. Conte will will do the same as well. And I just think there's a, there's a great kind of matchup when I look at the two strikers, Jago Costa. Can he go in go up? There and, and bully those Manchester City back to. We know there's no Vincent Company. Whether it will be an Otamendi, whether it's Stones who, who was involved at the weekend in collar off a three, or whether it's a back two, who deals with, with Diego Costa? Yeah. On the other hand, you know Sergio Aguero, his movement, he, his intelligence, his ability to get shots off quickly off either foot. It's certainly going to test uh, this Chelsea back line. I think yeah. in a way they haven't been tested so far. Yeah, I totally agree. Both top scorers, Robbie Earl, on mm. 10 goals apiece at yeah. the top of the charts. The next guy's down for each team. Hazard on seven, Sterling on four. I think it's going to be fascinating. And if there's one thing with these, this back three of Chelsea to support their argument a little bit is that I think David Luiz, certainly Cahill, uh, less so Aspilicueta. He's a really good one-on-one defender. Yeah. But if Aguero, like you said, if he gets in between these two players, if he gets turned and he's facing forward and he's dribbling past David Luiz, Luiz is going to lunge in. Cahill's going to puff his cheeks and struggle to make a <laughs> <laughs> make a tackle. So I, I, t- I tell you, I, I think I think these two have been the best teams. Though of yeah. course, Liverpool and Arsenal have got a very strong argument as well. I think I'm looking forward to this game as much as I have done certainly this yeah. season and for a little while because of the managers, Rob. Because of the strikers. Because of the system changes. Because of the the differences in philosophies of both managers. Mm. It's classic. Uh, 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 proactive versus reactive, and I think it's going to be a, a fascinating game. It can't for me. It can't be a bad game. It can't no. be a bad game because it's it's just going to be interesting to see how they they, they, they go about their work. Yeah, the big two go toe to toe on a weekend when Chelsea ended up stopping Spurs on beaten run, and there were wins for Liverpool, Arsenal, and Manchester City. United had to be content with a draw, and let's not forget an historic first three points for Bob Bradley as manager of Swansea. Keep a look out for more upcoming podcasts that you can download from iTunes. And please remember to rate and review the shows. It certainly helps to promote the game. And if you want a Saturday fix of Premier League debate, remember 5pm Eastern time each and every Premier League Saturday on NBC Sports Radio. You can catch a two Robbie's football show. So from me, Robbie Earl, and he's Robbie Musto, thanks for listening and bye for now.
Want to earn extra cash for the holidays? Amazon Flex is expanding in the San Francisco Bay Area. Opportunities in Richmond, Oakland, and Daly City. Earn around $20 to $27 an hour delivering packages with Amazon. All you need is a car, a smartphone, and some free time. This is a great opportunity to be your own boss, deliver when you want, and make extra money. With Amazon Flex, you'll have flexible hours and great earnings. To get started, download the app at flex.amazon.com. That's F-L-E-X amazon.com. You must be at least 21 years old. Limited opportunities available. Get started at flex.amazon.com. Spectrum One is a big deal. You get Spectrum Internet with the most reliable internet speeds, free advanced Wi-Fi for enhanced security and privacy, and a free Spectrum Mobile Unlimited line with nationwide 5G included, all while saving big. For the big speed, big reliability, and big savings you want, get Spectrum One. Just $49.99 a month for 12 months. Visit spectrum.com slash big deal for full details. Offer subject to change. Valid for qualified residential customers only. Service not available in all areas. Restrictions apply. Saving money on everything for your projects. Now at Menards. We have it all for garden and landscaping essentials. Visit our outdoor garden center today and update your backyard space. Grid accents lattice panels have a timeless design with an innovative design that's simple to install and requires almost no maintenance. Save big on lattice panel options at Menards. View our entire selection of garden center products today on Menards.com. Save big. 